From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. From VK1 WIA, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is the National News. Has the Lighthouse Weekend scuttled interest in our RD contest? VK4 MEL reports the RD log entries well down this year. Feathers fly on Australia's new digital radio platform. Work PF87. Are you a jawbone, a knucklebone, a wishbone or a backbone? Enter the quiz in our discussion point and has contesting reached its peak? All up and coming in this edition of WIA News for week commencing September 7. Barry Miller to activate PF87 the weekend of October 10. Victor Kilo 3, Bravo, Juliet, Mike will travel to Mount Arden in order to activate grid locator PF87 on the 2 metre band. Mount Arden is in the Flinders Ranges, about 20 kilometres north-northwest of Quarren in South Australia. Activation will be Saturday, Sunday and until 1000 hours CST on Monday, operating on 144 megs with a 14 element Yagi and running 300 watts. Wednesday, September 2, Brisbane's Australia Courier-Mail newspaper, page 3, has the story on The Bird Wars, a feathery ruffling of feathers on digital radio in Australia. And it now seems that three of Australia's largest networks, the government's ABC, along with commercials Austeria on the racing radio network of 4TAB, are going to the birds. For close on a week, ABC and Austeria have been broadcasting nothing but bird sounds on their spare digital channels. Their bird feed is being fed to all mainland state capitals. Now a channel touting itself the real bird man sprung up Wednesday. This digital channel has photographs of budgies and is playing nothing but bird music like surfer bird, bird dog, fly like a bird, snowbird, the list flies on. No ownership of the real bird man is mentioned on air, but it did appear at the same time as Radio TAB's extra digital channel signed off. I wonder. Hello, this is Melissa Bullock, VK4FMEL, with a report from Peter Harding, VK4OD, RD contest manager. He has advised that as of last Monday night he had received some 170 logs sent by electronic means and snail mail. These numbers are down on previous years. As of today, Sunday the 6th of September, you have only nine days to ensure that by the last mail on the 15th of September he has received your RD 2009 logs. Any late logs will be returned. We remind everyone to send their electronic logs to rdlogs at wia.org.au as he has several scrutineers also reading the emails. Hello, I'm VK6KAD from the Western Studios of the WIA News and this is Hams Across Australia. VK2, UHF SWR Meter Kit Day, 13th of September. And Bruce, VK2VA, has this kit available for Summerland Amateur Radio Club. Assembly day is set for the 13th of September for all to construct it together. This is an excellent kit to make. For further details, contact VK2VA. From Summerland to Westlakes, and the debate should settle on ongoing squabble. Or should this be squibble? Following weeks of slanging between two prominent members, namely VK2CW and VK2YP, with the theme of Mine Works Better Than Yours, a means of settling the debate once and for all will be undertaken at Westlake's Taralba site Saturday, October the 3rd at approximately 2pm, using 7.100 MHz plus or minus on the lower side. 
in the 40-metre band. Now, this is where we need your input. At the above date and time, both combatants will broadcast alternately on separate radios using their portable antenna of choice. Using the same power output, then we'll stand by to receive a hopefully accurate signal report accompanied by a location from you, the listener. Those reports will be recorded. Reports will be valid from anywhere in the world. The final result will be collated and Westlake's unbiased president will be asked to adjudicate as to the better antenna on the day. VK3, Noel, VK3FI, Secretary of the San Rosio Radio Group, says that the national news from VK1WIA, for the first time in many years, went out on Sunday morning on two metres in the Swan Hill area, 146.900, i.e. the Swan Hill VK3 RSH output frequency, and for the record, six callback stations, and hopefully after that demo, someone in Swan Hill will now look at the ongoing broadcast relay. VK4. Saturday the 12th, we'll see the annual general meeting of the Tablelands Club. President's report, treasurer's report, election of office bearers, etc., etc. Meeting to be held at the QTH of Ron, VKEMF at high noon. VK5. Sunday, September the 13th, is the annual Hamfest and Second Hand Sale Day of the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. David, VK5KC, joins us again. The venue is the Goodwood Community Centre, Rosa Street, Goodwood. Doors open for sellers at 7.30am and buyers at 9.30am. Entry is still $4, which includes one ticket in the door prize. And the major door prize, donated by Yesu Vertex, is a VX170 handheld. Several commercial vendors will be in attendance. These include radio specialists Tet Mtron, Astronics, Strictly Ham, Yesu Vertex and NBS antennas. There will also be a display of squid pole antennas on the day. Michael Owen, the Federal President of the WIA, will be in town for the Saturday Club Convention and will address us at the buy and sell Sunday morning. VK6. It is a busy week in VK6. On Monday at 10am, the RAOTC broadcast will take place on the linked news repeaters and on 20 metres direct from VK3. The West Australian Repeater Group will have their meeting at 7.30pm at the Peter Hughes Scout Communications Centre Ark at the Hillview Scout Hall. Tuesday, and the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Group have their luncheon at the Bayswater Hotel at 12 noon. Good lunch, good company, and open to interested hams. The Northern Corridor Radio Group meet at 7.30pm at Ham Heaven on the same Tuesday. Wednesday brings a rash of on-air nets, the first being the Southern Electronics Group on 146.725 down there in Albany at 7.30pm with YSEN on 3.600 at 8pm and YSEN on 146.750 or another repeater at 8.30pm. The Scout Radio team meet at the Peter Hughes Scout Communications Centre, formerly the Hillview Scout Hall, at 7pm on Friday. What are you doing for Jota? The Hills Amateur Radio Group meet on Saturday from 1pm at the Pax Hill Girl Guides Hall in Les Murdy. All the times quoted in the segment are West Australian Standard Time. And if you have any energy left after that lot, can I borrow some? VK7, the Australian Institute of Physics, 
Tasmanian branch, runs a public lecture series throughout the year, and this may interest many radio amateurs. The theme is the International Year of Astronomy. Tomorrow, Monday the 7th of September at 8pm, in the University of Tasmania, Sandy Bay campus, Professor Penny Sackett, Australian Government Chief Scientist, will be giving a lecture entitled Contributions of Astronomy to All of Science. Then again Thursday the 17th of September at 8pm, Professor Ray Norris from the CSIRO will give a public lecture entitled The Astronomy of Aboriginal Australians. And now back to the National Studios. Discussion point here on the National News from VK1WIA. This from Gympie Area Club and Jeff VK4 Zulu Popper Popper who says this idea has been around for a long time. It's a bit corny but the following can be a way of help to focus on how we can help our club. Someone has said that membership of any organisation is made up of four bones. There are the wishbones who spend all their time wishing someone else would do the work. There are the jawbones who do all the talking but very little of anything else. Next comes the knucklebones who knock everything that everyone else tries to do. And finally, there are the backbones who get under the load and do the work. What kind of member are you? From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. I'm James, VK6NAH. Advanced courses completed successfully. Last weekend saw the Summerland Amateur Radio Club's first advanced licence course under the new system. All of the candidates studied and read the text and other sources in their own time before the course, which consisted of two weekends of tutorials, group learning, revision and exams. They had four successes, with the fifth candidate just a couple of answers from success. Look out for Jeff, Ron, Ross and Chris sporting the new call signs. For all five candidates, a significant proportion of the marks lost reflected on the complex and confusing wording of the questions rather than on their technical content. Summerland feel they have shown that the concept of self-study and a two-weekend course is a realistic way of preparing for the exam. A standard course is likely to be held in February next year. Course information, revision notes and a collection of reference material is being assembled. A one-day regulations course is also planned for those wishing to upgrade from foundation to standard. Dates and course information will be advised when available. Following on from that item from VK7, and the UTAS seminar comes an invitation to yet another powerful seminar, but in far north of VK. The IEEE Northern Australia section, IEEE Northern Australia Communications Chapter and the School of Engineering and Physical Sciences at James Cook University invite you to attend a technical seminar happening on Monday 14th of September from 4pm till 5pm. It's entitled, How Reliable is Earth Leakage Equipment When Used with Variable Speed Drives? It will be given by Dr. Graham Woods of Orana Engineering. The CCARC committee would like to congratulate two of their members that were issued with their licence and course on Thursday the 27th. Stephen Lloyd, VK7FXX, and Hainish Kangi, VK7FHAM, are two new F calls that you will no doubt be hearing on local Northwest repeaters and on the HF bands. 
So when you hear these gents come up on the air, give them a shout and welcome them to our new hobby. Ham College in Perth. If you live in VK6 and you're a shortwave listener or scanner enthusiast and you listen to our bands, have you considered joining us? Ham College is looking for candidates for their next foundation course due to be held over Saturday and Sunday the 19th and 20th of September as a two-day course with the examinations to be held on the following weekend. Make sure you register your interest quickly as possible on their website hamcollege.com.au or Google Ham College. Positions fill up very fast and don't forget to get a copy of the Foundation Manual available from the WIA website. It really does help. For the WIA National News Service, I'm James, VK6NAH, in Perth, Western Australia. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA, now podcasting to the world. Australian 137 kHz beacon on the air. Drew Diamond, VK3XU, is operating a CW beacon on 137.4 kHz every Saturday and Sunday afternoon and evening. Drew has activated a 50-watt transmitter into an inverted wire antenna from Wonga Park. He would like to receive signal reports. They can be sent to his email address, vk3xu at wia.org.au, providing date, time, signal strength and a grid locator. Due to the very low antenna efficiencies at this frequency, Drew estimates his effective radiated power is 6 milliwatts. His signal has been heard in Melbourne, Sale and Sydney. Over the weekend of the 5th and 6th of September, Bletchley Park in Buckinghamshire will be marking the 70th anniversary of the arrival of Alan Turing and Gordon Welshman at Bletchley Park with an Enigma weekend. Their usual Enigma exhibits will multiply when over 70 more previously top-secret machines from all around the world will be on display. Another highlight of the talk will, on the 5th of September, the Saturday, it will be by Professor Tom Pereira, W1YP, entitled The U-Boat Menace and the Enigma. He'll have an exhibit of his discs and various Enigma machines too. Bletchley Park is open from 10.30am each day and the entry costs £10 per adult, which entitles you to visit as many times as you like within 12 months. Another African pirate net is active on 14021 MHz daily at 1800 UTC or later. The IARU Region 1 asked the Tamatus observe and report to DK2OM, the coordinator IARUMS Region 1. Check out the IARU Region 1 website for ways to contact DK2OM. And back in the United States, the ARRL has announced that the Hiram Percy Maxim birthday celebration is back this year, honoring the 140th anniversary of the birth of the league's first president and co-founder who held the call letters W1AW. The special event is open to all amateurs, and the goal is to work the stations adding 140 to their call sign and contact as many as possible during the event period, September 2nd to the 9th. A special certificate is available for making at least 25 contacts with endorsement increments of 25 and a maximum endorsement of 100. More information can be found in the September issue of QST Magazine. It wasn't long ago when we were reporting that the theft of copper and other conductive metals was rampant. Power lines were cut down for their copper 
sewer content. Pipes in buildings under construction were ripped away, and wiring was disappearing. But that's no longer the case, as the global recession has resulted in a drop of demand for most metals, with copper among the hardest hit. The price of copper reached an all-time high in mid-2008 of more than $4 per pound on the world market, with the greatest demand from China. The price then plummeted to $1.50 per pound shortly after the global economic recession began last fall. This makes it not very profitable for a thief to risk his or her life for less than the price of a hot dog from a street vendor. Add to this the newly enacted laws like the one in California that require scrap metal dealers buying bulk metal to get a photo ID from anyone bringing in the items and to delay payment for three days. It also requires recyclers to photograph the items, pay only by check, and take the seller's thumbprint. Science Daily reports that solar cells could soon be produced more cheaply using nanoparticle inks than allow them to be printed like newspaper or painted onto the sides of buildings or rooftops. This to absorb sunlight and produce electric power. The article cites the work of University of Texas chemical engineer Brian Corgill. Corgill is hoping to cut the cost of producing high-output solar cells to one-tenth of their current price by replacing the standard manufacturing process for solar cells. Right now, photovoltaic cells are made using a gas phase depositing system that must be carried out onto a vacuum chamber and requiring high temperatures. For the past two years, Corgill and his team have been working on this low-cost nanomaterials solution to photovoltaics manufacturing. He believes that nanomaterial inks could be printed onto a surface using roll-to-roll -roll process on a plastic substrate or stainless steel. Because of this prospect of being able to paint the inks onto a rooftop or building is not as far-fetched as one might first believe. His team so far has developed solar cell prototypes with efficiencies at 1% by notes they need to be about 10%. He says that if he can get the level to the 10% mark, then there's a real potential for commercialization. For hams involved in public service and emergency communications work, such a source of sunlight power used to charge battery banks would mean communications could continue even if the power mains were out of service for an extended period of time. Those stories from Amateur Radio Newsline, the RSGB and Southgate Amateur Radio Club. I'm Richard G4TUT and you're tuned to VK1WIA. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. It's relayed on 3605 kHz at 7.30pm this Monday from beautiful Woodgate Beach. I'm Bruce, VK4EHT. From the WIA, this is the weekly National News Service originating from VK1 WIA. Last week it was piddle power, now it's chicken feathers. Chicken feathers may help cars use hydrogen fuel in the future. If you had a 20 gallon tank and filled it with hydrogen at, a, at typical room temperatures and pressure, you could drive about a mile, said researcher Richard Wool, director of, of the Renewable Resource Program at the University of Delaware in Newark. It has been suggested by Wool and his colleagues that superheated chicken feather fibres could hold vast amounts of hydrogen. They first looked at chicken feathers because they are extraordinarily cheap. The United States alone generates some six billion pounds of the feathers per year. Chicken feather fibres are mostly composed of keratin, the same protein found in nails, scales, claws and beaks. When carefully heated for precise times to specific temperatures, the carbon-rich surfaces that result on the fibres attract hydrogen, somewhat like how activated charcoal filters can pull out impurities from liquids or gases. The heating process can also form hollow tubes between the fibres, 
strengthening their structure and making them become more porous, boosting their surface area and thus their capacity to store gas. One can then pump gas into the fibres and store it at high pressure. And to release the gas, one just depressurises it or raises the temperature. This has been VK2FJL reporting for Westlake's Abitur Radio Club on behalf of the VK1 National News. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. On Air Contest column, dateline 2009. September 19, Westlake's Cup. October 3 and 4, Oceania Contest SSB. October 10 and 11, Oceania Contest CW. October 24 and 25, CQ Worldwide SSB. November 1, ZL Straight Key Night. November 28 and 29, VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day. November 28 and 29, CQ Worldwide CW. Has Contesting Reached Its Peak? Another article worth reading and discussing is titled Has Contesting Reached Its Peak? It appeared in the still available August issue of CQ magazine. In it, author John Dore, K1AR, notes that even with the decline in the overall number of licensed radio amateurs worldwide, that interest in radio sporting or contesting is at an all-time high. Dore's article looks into the likely reason for this interesting trend and postulates on what the future may be. It's a good read for anyone with an interest in radio sports or the overall future of our hobby, and if the WIA contest crew would like to provide its members with a current up-to-date info on WA contests, we are only too ready to broadcast it here. Special event calls, Beacon, DX and Net Advice. GB40WAB, 40th anniversary of the WAB, till December 31. OZ1658ROS, 350th anniversary of the Tridia Roskilde, till December 31. Various SM stations using 1658, Trudy Roskilde, till December 31. VP9, 400 stroke home call, 400th anniversary of Bermuda, till December 31. VR2009 EAG, the 50 station games Hong Kong, till December 31. YL90 AIR, 90 years of the Latvian Air Force, till December 31. 911 Commemoration Mike, W0YR, will once again, as for the past several years, be active as W0YR-911 on September 11th to honour, commemorate those lives lost in the terrorist attack on the Twin Towers of the World Trade Centre in New York, along with the attack on the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, and the plane that crashed into a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. He plans to operate as much of the day as possible. Mike states... I just wanted to do it to remind those I work on the year of what this country endured because of hatred, and also remind those who want to minimise it or forget it that this was an act of terror, and even though they would like to revise history, the memory of those, among them two of my friends, who perished on September 11, 2001, will never be forgotten or sullied. A special QSL will be issued, QSL virus home call sign. In England for VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. I'm Jeff, VK4ZPP, from the Gympie Communications and Electronics Group. In the Gympie region, you can hear the news on 146.800 and 146.850 MHz at 9am. Bill, VK6GX, 
When sending his callback comments from the Western Australian 160-metre broadcast last week, told us that several stations have been experiencing interference on 1840 kHz. It would seem plasma televisions are the culprit. The interference is apparently frequency stable, but its bandwidth varies, according to one report, with the video content. One station on the callback has a 46-inch HD plasma TV, a very well-known and respected top-of-the-market brand. It can detect the emissions with an AM portable radio at very strong strength, 30 metres from his house. He has had to invest in an alternate LCD television for his XYL to watch while he's on air. The interference is so bad from the plasma. He's negotiating with the manufacturer to see what can be done. It's disappointing that such equipment can be approved. With this in mind, Phil is considering shifting the 160 metre broadcast up to 1845 kHz as by all reports solicited from the callback stations, this is a clear frequency. He's seeking further advice from the callback stations over the next few weeks to ensure that 1845 kHz is satisfactory for all, then, all being well, shift on the 4th of October. For Intruder Watch on VK1WIA, I'm Ray, VK4ZW. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, APRS, JA1OGS slash VK4GO Art has returned to VK and he's currently located in Cairns. Now Art dropped us a note to say that he'll be super active again in APRS and that he's already spoken with the Cairns Radio Club President John VK4JKL about setting up a new APRS digipeter. Art is also going to give the local radio club a couple of APRS demonstrations. Included will be all of the Fox Delta APRS kits. Check out his webpage, ja1ogs.com. And he's also hoping for a D-Star repeater for Cairns. Worldwide special interest groups, Radio Amateur Old Timers. Old Timers members and friends of the Radio Amateur Old Timers Club of Australia are reminded that the next news and information broadcast will take place on the first Monday of the month using the RAOTC call sign of VK3OTN. 10am Victorian time on 7.060 and 3.650 MHz plus 1.843 MHz AM and on the 2 metre band, 145.700 MHz. On 14150 MHz at 0100 hours UTC beaming north, and at 0200 hours UTC beaming west from Melbourne. And for those not yet retired, try 8.30pm Victorian time, tuning in on the 80 metre band, 3.650 MHz. And if you're in Tasmania, then 8.30pm on the Mount Duncan repeater, 146.625 with the objective to maintain interest and good fellowship amongst those who qualify for membership, full membership of the RAOTC is available to any person who has held or has been qualified to hold an amateur licence for a minimum of 25 years. Associate membership is also available to any person who has held or has been qualified to hold an amateur licence for a minimum of 10 years. Associate members are entitled to all the privileges of full membership except the right to vote or to hold office. And the Radio Amateur Old Timers Club of Australia are available via phone 03 Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Scouting 3DA0SS Swaziland David GI4FUM has returned from Swaziland and reports that the 3DA0SS expedition was a big success with around 20,000 QSOs being made, many of them on the data modes. 
The International Scout Camp was also a great success, with Scouts learning many new development skills. The IRTS committee, with the agreement of the CQIR contest sponsor, Dargle Builders Limited, agreed that the excess in the contest fund, which amounted to more than 1,000 euros, should be donated to the Swayze Scouts towards the cost of providing clean water at their campsite. Whilst David was there, the new pump was installed and commissioned, and clean water is now available for all camp needs. Following the AFR I-75 expedition to Swaziland and the resultant publicity for the scout projects there, many individual society members donated monies for projects at the campsite. Worldwide special interest groups roar, Rotarians of amateur radio. Guglio Marconi, father of wireless, was an honorary member of the club from 1933 to 1937, and it continues the tradition and honouring Marconi to this very day. Nowadays, its honorary member is Marconi's daughter, Princess Elettra Marconi. For the attention of all raw members, particularly those radio amateurs who are philatelists, the Rotary Club of Hornsby, New South Wales, are fundraising for a new communications vehicle for their local rural bushfire brigade. As part of the fundraiser, they've joined with Australia Post to issue a special stamp sheet featuring the Rural Fire Service and Rotary. The stamp sheet and details of the fundraiser may be downloaded from hornsbyrotary.org. Well, that's all I've got for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, it sort of looks like we've run out of tape here, so with that, we'll see you all again next week. One thing that I would ask you, again, don't send us links to stories. Write out the story as you'd expect to hear it, and please make sure that your audio input is no longer than 90 seconds. With that, I'm Graham VK4BB. See you next week. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.